This is Maurice Philogene, and welcome to the Tri-Life Farm Podcast. Well, you may not believe it, but I've been an actor. I've tried out for the NFL, been a street cop, federal agent. I worked my way up the military chain of command to the rank of lieutenant colonel. I was also an executive at a global consulting firm, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the United States. I've started developing on a Mediterranean island, and to boot, I've traveled to 100 countries over 300 times, and generally all this stuff at the same time. No, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything. What I was trying to do, and I'm still trying to do, is to try life on, to plug into planet and earth as intended, and to fill my life book with experiences and relationships, and not just accept the status quo. So what we're gonna do on this podcast is introduce you to the mindset, the skill set, the soul set, the approach that is Try Life On, and expose you to the people who've been doing it just like me, their tools, their tips, their tactics to trying life on, because we all can try life on in our own way. So sit back, relax, let's go for a ride. Let's go try life on. How do you personally go about finding interesting places to travel to? And do you have like a systematic way of finding interesting people in those places? I think the one thing I'm still lacking from travel is finding local communities and not just like going with a preset group that I already know. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's start there. I think as far as interesting places to travel, that's going to be totally unique to you. Like for example, going to Brazil. So when I really started traveling heavy, I was probably in my early twenties. And mm-hmm. I, I went down to Brazil with a group of fellas. But what I'm very good at is connecting with locals and staying in touch with locals. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, not, it's not that I'm, it's not that I was, I mean, Brazil is beautiful. It's not that I was fascinated with Brazil. It's just that my connections to those locals were strong enough that I wanted to go reinvest in my relationships with them. Because if you, if you think about it, Going back to a place, knowing that there are people waiting for you, it changes the whole dynamic of it. Mm -hmm. Totally. So whenever I do go somewhere for the first time, so let's say Lebanon, right? I'll be back in Lebanon again tomorrow. The first time I went to Lebanon was November of 2019. The reason I chose to go to Lebanon, and usually I would travel by myself, but in that case, I chose a particular group. Write this group down. It's called Unsettled. The website is beunsettled, beunsettled.co. One of my best resources. The other resource you should write down is Outsite, O-U-T-S-I-T-E. Outsite. Yep. The website is outsite.co. So usually I would go on my own, Owen, but in, in this case, I went to, I wanted to go to Lebanon because I served in Turkey. It's mm-hmm. in the Mideast. I was interested and it just struck me as an opportunity. But once I got there, true to form, within two days, I left the group. Because mm-hmm. I met so many people and started exchanging phone numbers and I started getting invited to like different local things all over the place. And then I have just leaned into that environment, learning crevices of the country that people just don't know about. And now I can operate there on my own. So I'm always there. I don't have a systematic way of choosing something. But once I go somewhere, I lean into it. And the way that I lean into it is by connecting with people big time. Gotcha. So you kind of just go there and then kind of share yourself with as many people as you can. Absolutely. People that resonate with you, you tend to just gravitate towards over time. And I don't know if they're going to resonate. I mean, you don't know unless you talk. Yeah. Right. Right. Or go to an event or use TripAdvisor to go to like TripAdvisor, for example, will have, you can go have dinner at a local family's house and you sit down and you, you connect with them and they tell you about 
their family and their country. And like Airbnb has those types of things too. I'm not talking about the local tours. I'm not really interested in that stuff. I'm interested in anything that will bring me closer to someone's personal environment so I can learn. Yep, exactly. And then WhatsApp. And then I'm very good at staying in communication with people when I'm at a distance via WhatsApp. Right. So like maybe 10 people know I'm on my way back to Lebanon already. Right. (laughs) And my entire schedule for the next week is already full before I even get there. Gotcha. Have you found any patterns of the types of people that you tend to be interested in and also are like developing these relationships with? So the comment I wrote here is that, yeah, I, I used to think in terms of like the people I resonate with most would be the people that have like similar interests in me, whether or not that be like activities or occupation or um, just like school activities. Yeah. Um, it turns out all like looking back, like all my best friends, all the people that I really seem to connect with kind of just arrive in like like sporadically, like a random classmate or a random roommate. And it's never when I'm like actively seeking like, oh, I want to find a community that plays basketball that I find my best friends for some reason. Um, I tend to be attracted to polar opposite. Like if I'm traveling overseas, I don't typically like to, and I mean this in a respectful way, but I don't typically interact with Americans, for example. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. That's not why I'm there. I'm not, like I, I don't go to, Beirut and then go to the party at the American embassy. I, I, that's, yeah. that's not why I want to be there. If someone is involved in real estate, I mean, I think it's a good bridge that I can talk with them about, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not always in the money mindset kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that try life on principle. It's, it's what's in it for them. What can I do for them? Because if I can do something for them, listen, it's good that you're asking me these questions because it will draw out for me personal things that I think will help you. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the personal things. In 2015, when I was deployed to Turkey and I ran a federal law enforcement field office in Western Turkey, Mm. I came back and I was having a tough time and I figured out my whys. I figured out my purpose in life relative to reflecting on that trip. And I have three purposes in life. One is to be in love. I am just a better human when I'm in a good, committed relationship. Two is to be loved by a community. And that's where I think you might want to pay attention. If you are loved by a community, what that means is you have done something for them. You've done something for them. So there are still people who, let's say in DC, shop owners and parents or whatever, who still call me for my police days. Like, Hey, we have this problem. Like they, they're still grateful. When I was in Turkey or even in Lebanon, I, I do a lot of philanthropy work now. I actually go door to door with money, solving people's problems with the priests that I befriended, et cetera. So I'm always doing, I'm always trying to do stuff for people. One, because selfishly it makes me feel good. And two, it's the right thing to do. And what better way to get to the heart of something, right? I just have a lot of people over there who respect who I am and what I do. So now when they see me around or happen to see me post on Instagram and know that I'm in town, they will go out of their way to connect me to a a myriad of different things, right? I'm not thinking about me when I travel. I'm thinking about people. What can I do to help people? And then inevitably I benefit big time, always. Yeah. And what's your third one? To be in love? Uh, 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 Yes. Be in love, be loved by a community and constant learning. Constant learning. I am not good when, when I'm, I got to 25 years in Accenture, I wasn't learning anymore. Right. I needed something different. When I got to financial freedom with the single family stuff, I, I wasn't learning anymore. I was just executing. I needed different. 
So what you sense for me about the travel is not so much I want to see every country as I kind of want to keep learning about different people, different things, different places, different business models. I, I, I don't want to be in a room where I know everything ever. Yeah. Those are my three whys that keep me going. And when, when one of it, when one is off, like I'm off, <laughs> I am like, if I all of a sudden start being selfish and I don't do stuff for people and I'm just thinking about my, myself and my own family, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. What you made about traveling to, for the purpose of like providing for others and not just yourself. Yes. Like I've noticed that myself as well. Like whenever I try to I over itinerize my vacations or like plan everything out in front without leaving room for just like spontaneous adventure or like, um, like discovering things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like traveling is empty. It's not like a enjoyment in of itself without. It's, well, I mean, I think it, I think it's fine for certain people, but for someone like you and I can, you know, I'm just getting to know you now over the last month. I have a sense of what you're trying to do. I have yeah. a sense that you really want to have an impactful and meaningful life and not just be reliant on money. And for someone like you, this type of framework of giving to people, what's in it for them, wherever I go, like you're in Banff right now. I'm sure you're doing more family oriented stuff and whatever, but can you imagine there was like, I don't know, not a soup kitchen, but some development group around that is more environmentally focused or whatever. And you decide you're going to go on a cleanup march with them for five hours. Okay. Mm. And that group will most likely be a lot of locals mm. who care about Banff. Well, here's this dude named Owen and you're there for five hours with them, which means you're going to engage in conversation with them, which means like, yo, what's it like to live up here? Cause I love coming here, but I don't want to be the tourist who just shows up here. Tell me what it's like to live here. Where do you go? What do you do? And then you just start making friends with people. And then the next time, and here's the, here's the key to me. It's like you make friends with people. And let's say two, three people you connected with, right? You're staying in touch with them while you're gone. And you decide the next month, hey, I'm on my way back. I'm going to be there for the next walk. That investment, maybe you don't necessarily want to see Banff. But I, what I suspect you want is meaningful relationships with people. Yep. That investment in time and space is the thing that will change your life. It has changed my life over and over and over again, and it continues. Not money. It, yeah. Is like volunteering and um, meeting people at these local events your main way of found ways to use, like, I guess, your professional or like real estate ambitions to connect with people abroad? I think my, yeah, I mean, I think when I talk to people, but to be honest, I don't like talking about what I do. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm not I'm not I'm not so interested in let me talk to a real estate investor in Lebanon because I'm a real estate investor. I see. No, I'm not interested. It's more what do they do and how Here, here's an example. This is one of the, this is probably the, the best example I can give you. Um, one of my best friends in Lebanon now is his name is Maher and he runs uh, set winery. Set the number seven in French, S-E-P-T, Set Winery. I met Maher when I went with that group in 2019. That group was invited to that winery to just see it, right? Mm. Christelle, his wife, was one of the facilitators of the group. So she brought us up there. And when Maher was talking inside of his small winery that he built on land that his father 
owned, who and his dad died in the Civil War, in the Lebanese Civil War back in the 90s, this guy recaptured this land, had the balls to fucking build a winery on it, left, uh, left the France finance sector to come reclaim the land and just had this idea and just started doing this thing, okay? And when the people were in the very small winery, they were, ta- they were talking over him. And it really pissed me off. It really, like I'm a very calm person until I'm not, right? Um, So I pretty much kind of stood up. I was like, would you guys shut the fuck up? This Mm. man is actually sharing his whole life and what his dad did and his legacy. And and you guys are over there talking, like cackling like like tourists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we became friends. He has visited my restaurants in DC. Every time I go back to Beirut, Typically, I go up to his winery to hang out with him. Now we're talking about taking a trip to Cyprus together. We've just become the best, fr- best of friends. And when I've had some personal issues in Lebanon, he's the first dude to raise his hand to help me. <laughs> Those types of relationships, when you can sense an opportunity, again, the what's in it for them. Yeah. I stood up for him. I stood up for his family's yeah. legacy. His, And he remembered it. And uh, I talk about his wines all the time. I introduce people. I'm even helping him now. This is what you were asking. Sorry to be long-winded, but this is what you were asking. Maurice, do you, do you use business? And I said, not really until it makes sense. I know people in the restaurant business here. He lost his U.S. wine distributor. So now I'm asking all my restaurant buddies, hey, there's this amazing wine from Lebanon. I would love to get this guy connected with a wine distributor, even to the extent where I'm considering, should I open a distribution business? Mm-hmm. Very long thing, but the value of that relationship, I cannot express to you the wealth it has given me. And it all stemmed from just standing up for something that you... What's in it for him? That's That's what it stemmed from. Just me worrying about... I don't like when people are disrespectful. Yeah. All right, so on your travels, on your travels, Owen, look for the opportunities to plug into people in a way that benefits them. Okay, so simple one, Uber driver. Maybe you do get an Uber driver from the airport, but you ask the Uber driver for his WhatsApp number and you tell him, look, um, I'm going to be here all week. I'd love if maybe you can do some dedicated driving for me. If you're available, let's make it happen. You know what I mean? Yep. And then maybe you're paying him even a bit more because he's kind of hanging around waiting for you which that's not going to be a ton of money out of your pocket, but you know what will, will come of it. You make a friend. He or she is telling you unique stuff all over the city. You, you may end up getting a beer one night or something like that. Like people are looking just to get there and I'm looking for relationships. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest that's part of subtle, Yeah. Like a change in frame of mind, but that is so, so different. Yeah. Yep. I travel hack, but that's the biggest hack I have that, everything's about relationships and people. Mm. I didn't know, by the way, Mm. that my focus was like this until I started reflecting when I started doing all this coaching. So it's not like I had it all hashed out. It's just my nature. But if your nature can shift a little bit this way, it will, it will like, you understand the example I'm giving for Banff and it's kind of making sense, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever even thought in that like mindset before like mm-hmm. the purpose of traveling is to 
yeah, like seeking out these local communities and how to plug into people in ways that benefit them rather oh. than just getting there through like through travel hacking. Yeah. 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 Travel hacking. Mm-hmm. On your Tri Life on Principle sheet, one of them says the purpose of travel is to extend your world, not visit theirs. Extend your world, not visit. Yes. So what you're doing is extending your world. If you were extending your world in California, then you would be making friends out and about. Mm-hmm. If you're extending your world when you go into Banff, now you make a decision. If if I'm going to Banff, I, I don't know that I would, I don't know that Banff is a place that resonates with my soul, right? Like I'm, but let's say it did. Yeah. I felt it as soon as I got there. Then I would know like, oh my God, I'm going to build family here. I'm going to, I'm going to connect in a meaningful way. I'm going to extend my world to this place. So when you hear me talk about Lebanon, Cyprus, maybe sometimes Turkey, it doesn't even resonate to you as funny anymore. You're just like, no, Maurice is just going where he goes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I've extended my world. My world is Washington, DC, Lebanon, Cyprus, and sometimes some other places, but that's my world now. Mm -hmm. Not just DC. But you didn't know that Lebanon, for example, truly resonated with you until you just visited. In 2015, I said to myself I was going to live in the Mediterranean. I didn't know where, how, when. And this whole thing has happened in the last four years. If, if you would ask me in 2015 if I thought it would be Lebanon, no. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, Greece, Italy, maybe Spain, Malta. Somehow my life has ended up in Lebanon, man, and that's where I'm rolling with it. Wow. Yeah, super insightful. Last thing is just, um, yeah. I was wondering what your setup is for like finding these yeah. uh, cheap travel. Mine is like, instead of being loyal to one airline, like I have a bunch of credit cards that kind of transfer to different places. And I have, I, it takes time to like hunt for these deals. Right. Sometimes. I was right. wondering if you could, uh, so I'm, to- I'm totally different. I, mm. I am loyal to one family. I'm very loyal to one family. I see. Um, <clears throat> here's my setup. And I'm not saying it's the best setup, but it's the one that works for me. And I have zero interest in optimizing it. It works. I'm DC based. Mm -hmm. I tell people you want to be loyal to the airline that of the city where you live to the extent possible. So I'm DC based. United is the major airline in DC. You either want to be loyal to the airline that is your hub or, or, loyal to the airline that goes to where you want to go. So I don't really fly south. I don't look, I, I, I go to Mexico from time to time. I haven't been back to Brazil in 15 years, 20 years. Uh, I don't have much interest in South America. I do have interest in Europe and the Mideast. I love them both. United is part of the Star Alliance family. So once I get to Frankfurt or Charles de Gaulle in Paris or Istanbul, I can get anywhere in the world pretty much. And I just continue with the partner airlines because I have status on United, et cetera. So I I base loyalty with the airline where I live. And I like to continue to use those air because I'm not always trying to get a free ticket. Sometimes like I want to maintain my 1K status with United. Yeah. Well, I, I do buy tickets from time to time because I have to do a certain amount of miles every year paid to get that done. But it's all in what you want. Like for me, what I want is comfort, convenience, and uh, that they know me. So if I have 1K status, 
I walk in the airport and they're like, like they just kind of part the part the sea for you kind of thing. Yeah. And then it gets you into lounges. I usually connect to Lufthansa or when I'm in um, Greece area, it's Aegean Airlines, which is a United partner. I want all my points dumping to the same thing, right? Yeah. And then I have one United business credit card, one United personal credit card. Like everything goes to United. I could probably oh, do only have two cards. What's that? So you only have two cards. That's all I got is two cards, bro. I could get more. I could get an a- Amex because Amex gets you into this. And I, I get, I get all that. I want a simple life. I, I'm not like yeah. if I can't get an allowance somewhere. Okay, like I'll survive. It's it's not a big deal. But you do want to be if you're going to travel the way that I suspect you are going to travel. You do mm-hmm. want to have some level of loyalty to a a family of airlines just so you're benefiting from status over time. I see. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm definitely getting to a point where like the more credit cards you start stacking on, the more complicated it is to like optimize, like compare between. And yeah. Which is to me, really it's counter, counter, yeah. counterproductive to what I think you are trying to be like you and I are trying to be, are trying to have a light blueprint, just the, exactly the way that you said, I just travel with a carry on and a backpack and I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't know the last time I checked the bag, maybe 10 years ago. I can't, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I want a light footprint. I want airline loyalty so I can travel hack with them. Listen, it was five grand. And I'll tell you how I looked for the tickets this time. Okay. To get to Beirut. Now there's three to 4 million Lebanese expats going back to Lebanon this summer because they all come back every summer. Mm-hmm. So the tickets are insane. The way that people usually get to Beirut is they go through Germany or Paris or London and they, they connect and they'll fly on Middle East Airways, which is the Lebanese airline down. Mm-hmm. Middle East Airways right now and all the airlines like coach, if you're lucky, you're paying two, three grand if you're lucky. But I am aware that United has a seasonal flight from uh, DC to Athens, Greece. It's a direct flight. Mm-hmm. I got that flight. I tried to hack that flight to get a business class ticket. I just couldn't because that flight is too popular. Mm-hmm. But I got a coach miles ticket. So that was just 20 bucks to get that ticket. Mm-hmm. And then when I get to Bay, when I get to Athens, I'm flying Middle East Air and that flight, which is not a popular flight for Middle East Air. So it's kind of empty. was $290. Oh. So to get there, 300 bucks to get there while other people are paying two to 5,000. Gotcha. So you find ways to hack these like layovers to yeah. on uh, popular cities. Yeah, because like the Middle East flight from Athens will not show up for on uh, Orbitz or Expedia or one of those things. You have to know it. And that comes with time. So like Turkey, for example, if I'm flying in Turkey, there's two low cost carriers that do not show up on the search engines. One is Pegasus Air and the other one is called sunrise air i just know them right so i will go check them uh cypress air does not show up on sometimes does not show up on orbits um there's this thing called ryanair does not show up on orbits and ryan is kind of the jet blue of ireland but it goes everywhere mm-hmm. what is it? han air systems h-a-h-n han air systems they are this weird private carrier contractor flight thing that flies in Europe and sometimes to the Mideast. They are not on any search capability whatsoever. 
you just have to know that they're around and they do it weird seasonal times and their, their tickets will be like 90 bucks. People can optimize this shit all they want. But what I encourage you to do is just like the way that I have my system, I'm, I'm united. I, I go to my places. My hub is here. I'm loyal to them. I got two credit cards that dump all the points when I live my life. Simple. I'm good. Like I don't want to go out to the points guy and figure out where can I get 1.30. <laughs> I'm not doing all that. Yeah, that's definitely where I was for a little bit. Well, it takes that, but it, you know, it takes, then then it it starts to become a job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then here I'll tell you the one ultimate hack. The one ultimate hack is using relationships to become friends with someone who works at the airline you care about. Mm. So I have a relationship like that. One of my boys works for United, so I'm on his account as a friend. So I can go into the employee system. I can see boarding totals. I can see. So when I'm booking tickets, I look at standby. I look at boarding totals. I look to see if points make sense. I look to see if buying the ticket with an employee discount makes sense. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of options, but again, it's just something that. Yeah. I but that's a, lot less options. that's a lot less options than having to optimize with different airlines. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to, man. I, I feel weird when I get on Delta or American, if I'm not on a United flight, I don't even, I don't even mm-hmm. like going sometimes. Sometimes I won't even, sometimes I'll skip a direct flight on a, a competitor airline and I'll take a United flight because one, they care about me. And two, I want the points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully that's helpful. No, that was extremely helpful. Yeah. It seems like, most things that yeah like most things always stem back to relationships and everything that's what you truly value yeah everything stems back to relationships the the more i get to reflect on my own journey as i talk to you guys the more i realize that most of my success outside of my initial run was because of relationships Mm. that's all and owen you got me talking this morning i think it's a good thing (laughs) i am no longer optimizing for money anymore i am optimizing for relationships and experiences and life and you're not there yet but i'm telling you at some point down the road you're going to hit a wall where you're going to be like this making money shit is cool Mm -hmm. but i'm starting to realize that life is ticking it's ticking now you're so early in the game please don't take 47 year old maurice's thing but you know my mindset well enough to know that no if he's saying it like there's something to it right yeah. Like my partners are like, Hey, let's go to this conference. We should go down to this family office conference to raise money mm-hmm. in the back of my head. I didn't say it, but back in my head, I'm like, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. No, I'll be in Lebanon somewhere or in the Mediterranean or with my kids or I don't know. I don't know. Everything's about relationships, family experiences, love, having fun now. And, but set up your systems to get yourself to this point and keep everything light and easy. Cool. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, that was really powerful. Hey guys, this is Maurice, host of the Try Life On podcast. And thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you are finding it useful in helping you design your own lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. If that's the case, please consider dropping a review for me, whether in Apple, iTunes, or in Spotify. Drop a review, put some stars on it. Give me some feedback on how I can make the podcast better, what information you are looking for. I am doing my best to get information to you on the Try Life on Principles, the five freedoms, how to build lifestyle, travel hacking, all of it. 
and I want to do it for you. So please do a review for me. And until next time, my name is Maurice Philogene, and this is the Tri-Life on Podcast. Peace.